Hello, it's Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, with a podcast of my favorite 19 albums of 2019. This was also going to be my last year in countdown type podcast, but because it was semi the end of a decade, depending on how you look at calendars, I'm going to do another one that are my favorite albums of the decade, but that's a much longer list. So this is the 19 favorite albums. As I've said in my previous podcast, I don't listen to every single album that comes out from every genre, so it is hard for me to say these are the best albums of the year. These are the best albums that I listen to, so they're my favorites. And you may not appreciate every single one of them, but I'm promise you there is something worth listening to on all of them if you'd like to check them out and hear some music you may not be familiar with. I'm going to start with some honorable mentions that almost made the list. Then I'm going to do the bottom 14 in alphabetical order and then there will be a top 5 ranked. I found it very difficult to rank the top 19 albums in my opinion, so I ranked the top 5 and did the rest alphabetically. I hope that's okay with you. So honorable mentions include Bork Nagar, True North. This is a long-time black metal band that I am not the biggest fan of, who released their most melodic and progressive album that at least I've heard from them. There were some membership changes, new vocalists, that kind of thing. But it's a really great listen if you're into metal. Check it out. Bork Nagar, True North. Flying Colors released their new album, Third Degree, and I'm a fan of this so-called supergroup because there's a ton of great players in it, including one of my favorite guitarists of all time, Steve Morse, Mike Portnoy is in the band, etc. This is their most progressive album. They came out as a prog rock band, but I would call them more prog pop rock band, and they were always great songwriting. The first two albums and tours just really, really enjoy them. This is full-on prog from them, and I really, really liked it. There were so many great albums this year, I had a hard time putting it in the top 19, but it was probably 20. Hive Mind, Retaliation. Great listen. This is hard rock, progressive, metal, very melodic, very intense, a great listen. It's one of my favorite to walk the dogs to, actually, and listen to in the car. From out of nowhere, Nine Skies Sweetheart Grips. This is a concept album in high progressive form. It's very impressive considering I had no idea. I've never been familiar with this band at all, but... This is their version of a wall-type concept album. Incredible progressive rock, incredibly well done. There's a great story behind it. Just the name alone, I won't get into it here, but Google's Sweetheart Grips. There's some a lot of guests on the album, and it's just a great listen and almost made it into my top 19 of the year. It's really great. And Port Noir, New Routine. Some of these small member bands, to me, are limited in what they're going to be able to do as they evolve into their careers. But this was an album that mixed pop, rock, and prog, and they've been touring with prog bands, but it's very narrowly a progressive band. It's it's more of a rock band, and Port Noir's New Routine is one of the grooviest and one of my favorite things to put on while driving, while walking the dogs, while doing stuff. It's just a really great album, and again, almost made it into the top 19. 
Now we'll get into the 19 with the alphabetical albums. These are in no particular order other than their titles. Arch Mateos, Winter Ethereal. The second progressive metal album from John Arch and Jim Mateos, originally of Fate's Warning. I absolutely loved their first album together, and I think this one's even better. There's some short, hard-driving songs. There's some long, progressive metal songs. It is a fantastic listen all the way through. I can't wait for them to do something else. Dark Water, Human. I'm a Dark Water fan, and I think this is one of their best albums, if not their best album. I, it is a stellar effort, something I keep going back to. It was one of the top albums on my progressive radio station. I just can't say enough things about Dark Water Human. Pick it up. It, it is mainstream enough that just about anybody should like this album. A phrase that kept coming up over and over again while I was making this list is return to form, meaning some of these bands have been around for a while and their latest albums are among the best things they've ever done, in some cases, almost the best thing they've ever done. One band, Dream Theater, Distance Over Time. It's their 14th album. I've always been a Fringe fan. I think technically they're one of the best bands out there. They're obviously very accomplished musicians, but a lot, a lot of times the albums leave me cold. I do have some favorites that I still pull out from day to day. They're not a band I listen to all the time, but I am a fan. And I really dislike The Astonishing. They went full-on Prague with a concept album, and it just... I had a hard time finishing it every time I tried to listen to it. it. It's not a bad album per se, but it didn't do anything for me, and that's rare for this band. So that Distance Over Time, to me, was as good as their self-titled album. I know with Mike Portnoy leaving and, and a, an original member leaving, there's always the fans that go, they were better this time, and they were better. But I can step back from bands and look at them objectively and... Dream Theater is one of those bands that I'm just not head over heels in love with, so it's easy for me to take a step back and go, Mike Mangini's doing a great job. Um, I love the self-titled album. I, I like the direction they kind of went in. The Astonishing just didn't connect with me at all, but Distance Over Time, I've pulled it out multiple times, and I think it's a great album from Dream Theater. Evergrey, been a fan for a long, 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 long time, and this is a great album. They, the last couple albums have gotten very melodic and almost mainstream in a way, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but this had a mix of the heavier stuff that I really like from the band and some of the melodic. It's their 11th album, so they've been doing this a while, but The Atlantic from Evergrey, really great album. Hamina, Night Echoes. It's their fifth album. They're an Australian band. Arguably the best thing they've done. I, I play them, I've played them for several years on my progressive rock station, and I love Night Echoes. It's a great, melodic, heavy, just really great album. Can't say enough things about it. Another that falls into the return to form category is In Flames, I the Mask. Now, Longtime fans of this band know that they were a growly, very abrasive, more hardcore metal band when they started. And since about 2011, with Sounds of a Playground fading, they've had a more mainstream feel. There's still some aggressive, some some strident, some some growly songs on their albums. But this was a return to form, in my in my opinion, 
mixing the past with the future of the band. There's some really great songs on it. Radio this year just didn't pay much attention to them, and I don't know why. I finally got a chance to sit down with Anders and talk to him a couple weeks ago. They played an incredible show here in Fort Lauderdale. The band is firing in all cylinders. Like any band that's been around for so long, this is their 13th album, there's been some membership changes and whatnot, but they still sound like In Flames, and this is a really great In Flames album that a lot of people missed. I the Mask, pick it up. Another return to form album is Corn. The Nothing is their 13th album, and I'll be quite honest with you, it is my favorite album since 1999's Issues. I'll take the dubstep experiment. It was actually entertaining to listen to. Then we got into some drawn out. They started getting into longer songs and and kind of droney and kind of I don't know. I didn't connect. I I I'm a Corn fan from the early '90s, but or in the mid '90s, but I just haven't connected so much with some of their 21st century music. The nothing is great. The songs are short and concise, it's all upbeat, it rocks, it cranks, it's something you can put on and just jam. I Really, my favorite album since Issues, Corn the Nothing, Return to Form. My Wrath, band I'm not that familiar with, Shahili, the name of the album. Uh, it's the fifth from this Tunisian progressive, I guess they're metal, I would call them more hard rock, but... Um, there was a first EP, so there's, there's actually six albums in their library, but that was under a different name and kind of fan thing. And Anyway, uh, the fifth album, they nailed it. it. It is an interesting mix of a Middle Eastern sound with progressive metal and power metal and hard rock. It, I've gone back to it time and time again over the year. My Wrath, Shahili, Shahili, however you pronounce it, really great album. One of my favorites of the year. Another return to form is Queensryche, The Verdict. Not enough said about this band these days. Um, I've had a chance to sit down with Michael Wilton three times in the last few years and discuss from their point of view the change in the band. I'm a Jeff Tate fan like most people. I love the early Queensryche albums. Mind Crime, The Warning... Their Rage for Order, some of my favorite albums of all time. But after Empire, after a couple albums after that, they started losing what I consider to be the Queensryche focus and just became very middle of the road, not very exciting. Queensryche Operation Mind Crime 2 was pretty weak. And I just thought the direction, as, as Jeff Tate and his wife took a more... More active approach to producing and, and controlling the band, they kind of ran it into the ground. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of Queensrick, one of my favorite bands of all time. When Jeff left the band for whatever reasons, and you know, they started over basically with a new vocalist, I really enjoyed it. And each album has gotten better in the Queensrike vein, if you will. I think the verdict is fantastic. It's a great listen all the way through. I think the band live is performing incredibly well. Sure, like some of the other bands I've mentioned, there have been membership changes over the years, but you're a band that's been around for 20, 25, 30 years. There's going to be change. It's not every band that can stick together for that long. Even the Rolling Stones had changes, people. You know, anyway. Um, 
and yes, I like the old stuff, but that doesn't take anything away from the new stuff. The Verdict is a great album from Queensryche. Sounds like Queensryche. The tours are amazing. Check them out. Ray Alder finally released his first solo album. One of my favorite vocalists. I love Fate's Warning with him. I loved Redemption quite a bit. Uh, when he left Redemption to focus on Fate's Warning again, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and then he releases this solo album that is concise, it's metal, it's hard rock, it's progressive, it's great. I mean, it's it's really one of the best albums of the year. I finally got a chance to meet him, actually. Uh, Fates was opening for Queensryche, and, and I, I approached him. I didn't have an interview or anything scheduled and just approached him and said, dude, I'm a fan. And, and he and Joey took a picture with me, and, and he was really great to sit down and talk to finally. And unfortunately, I didn't get to record any of that, but he's a great guy and great solo album. Speaking of solo albums, Richard Henschel of Haken, he's also in Tamara and the Nova Collective, but most people know him from Haken, released his first solo album, The Cocoon. This is progressive rock 100%. It's a mixture of metal, jazz, electronic music. It's got some great guests on it, and it's, it's, it's a challenging listen, and I don't use that as, in a bad way. I like, and as I've said in many podcasts, challenging movies, challenging books, challenging music. They're not always the first thing I pick up when I go on a road trip to put in the car or whatever, but when I'm in the mood for something that takes me a bit to digest, Richard Henschel's The Cocoon is one of those albums. It is incredibly well-produced, well-made, uh, well-engineered, well-everything, well, good, great songwriting. It's a very interesting album. If you're looking for a mix of a variety of styles, check it out. Really good. RPWL is a German prog band. This is their seventh album, Tales from Outer Space. Came out this year without much fanfare. They also released a live album. They've actually released several live albums over the life of the band. And I think this is one of their best albums. It has a modern Pink Floyd-ish kind of vibe to it. It's not a bombastic metal album. It's a progressive rock album. And as such, I listened to it again this week, and it's just a sweet listen. I, I love everybody in the band. I just think it, this was overlooked this year. RPWL, Tales from Outer Space. Their seventh, one of their best. A band I just discovered when they sent me their album, Sonus Corona, their second album, Time Is Not On Your Side. Avoiding the sophomore slump, I went back and checked out their first album, which is good, but this, I've put it on multiple times. It's a mixture of progressive rock, hard rock, some power metal in there, some, just, it's a straight up rock album as well. It's really, really good, addictive to listen to, something you can pull out time and time again. Sonus Corona, Time Is Not On Your Side. It also, the single, was one of the top albums of the year on my prog radio station, so there you go. And the last of these alphabetical order albums of the year, Soul Splitter, Salutogenesis. I hope I'm saying that correctly. This was a band I had nothing, I, I knew nothing about, and a friend of mine's band toured with them in Europe. And I'm like, well, I, I should probably check him out because he had great things to say about their live show. Wow. This is another, like the Richard Henschel album, it is a, a challenging listen. It is a variety of styles. I sent a song to a buddy of mine who said, wow, there's about seven songs in that one song. <laughs> and yes, for most people, this will be not the easiest album to digest. Not the biggest fan of the growly vocals that they put in there, but they do serve a purpose and that I don't have a problem with. 
Um, it's a musical album. It's a it's a it it is a collection of eclectic things that work together well. If you haven't checked out Soul Splitter yet, and again, you like something challenging and something that you're going to have to really sink your teeth into and digest, their debut album, incredible, and almost made it into the top five of my albums of the year. So now we get to the top five. I did rank these, but this was also hard. I would consider this pretty much a five-way tie, and they're all very different albums. At number five, Devin Townsend, Empath. A lot of people have said a lot of things about Devin over the year, uh, from his strapping young lad extreme metal days to his Devin Townsend project days to playing with other people, producing other people, and then uh, solo albums. He's really reinvented himself over and over again. He's an incredible vocalist, I discovered, on Steve Vai's um, Sex and Religion album. I just thought, who is this guy who can sing like this? And this album, Empath, is one of his best albums because I think he's finally pulled all of his various influences into one album. It's definitely a prog rock album. There's some metal elements. There's some... uh, The production is just epically large, as his last few albums have been. Can't say enough great things about Empath. Devin Townsend is one of the greatest musicians on the planet. He doesn't get always his due. I think this is really a fantastic album and comes in at number five on my list. But like I said, this is kind of a five-way tie at number one. And number four, Leprous Pitfalls. It's their second album, uh, uh, seventh, bleh. Leprous Pitfalls at number four. It's their sixth album, and what an evolution this band has gone through since Tall Poppy Syndrome. Uh, a buddy of mine introduced me to the band years ago. Some of it was a little abrasive for me, but I got the gist of it. It was, I instantly was like, wow, this is like nothing I've ever heard before. And each album I've said, wow, this is like nothing I've ever heard before. The band has evolved. Sure, there are modern fans who wish they would go back to the metal days. There's almost no metal. A little bit. There's a little bit of metal on Pitfalls. And there's some more pop elements introduced, some more electronic elements introduced. Finally had a chance a couple of times to meet the band. They are some of the nicest guys. They're really fortunate to be able to make the music they want to make instead of trying to make something to please fans or to please record labels. or to, they, they really just go into the studio and do what they want to do, which is pretty rare these days. And it it's it's definitely different for them. But if you can open your mind to it, it's a fantastic album that really will take you somewhere else. They seem to write music from another planet. (laughs) They're just not like anybody else. I can say that about every album. This is probably their most mainstream album. It has less extreme moments on it. But that being said, it's still like nothing you've ever heard. Check out Leprous Pitfalls. A band that I got into pretty much from their debut because the record label said, hey, uh, Opeth's drummer Martin Lopez is now in this band. And I had met Martin uh, with Opeth years ago. And Soen, Lotus, their fourth album, amazing listen through and through and easily made it as a tie for my top album of the year. It has elements of everything in it. It, They're a heavy band, but they're an intricate band, and they're a very melodic band. and They don't do harsh vocals or anything like that, so the metal is very progressive in nature, and this is just arguably their best album. I'm going to give it a listen again today because I'm I'm so in love with it. Soin Lotus, pick it up, and check out all their stuff. 
At number two, the top two are hard. Like I said, this is my top five probably tied for number one. This is definitely tied for number one. It took 13 years to get here, but Tool, Fear, Inoculum. Their fifth album just blew me away from the first listen. I know people have dismissed it as, oh, it's more Tool, but... I recently got some some very high-end headphones and, and a high-end um, digital audio player. This easily gets my al- uh, album of the year for best production. Holy crap. Drums, guitar tones, bass, the vocals, everything. It is clear. It is... Uh, it is sad that the CD releases have been limited so far. They did the the little box set when it came out, which I'm glad I picked one up. It's going for a high price now, and it's great that that there's a digital video screen in it that you can recharge by USB and watch this in, in interesting intro and the artwork and everything. Really great. They did a media book release in December, and that seemed to have sell, sold out pretty quick as well. But I'm sure there's going to be a regular release eventually. That being said, like I said, a lot of people dismiss this album as just another Tool album, but it's an intricate work. It Listen to it multiple times. It was about the third listen that I my jaw really hit the floor, especially with headphones on, and I could hear everything going on in the background, and the production values are just stellar. It just sounds incredible on any sound system I've put it on, whether it's listening to it in my headphones or my car or my studio monitors, a Tool, 13 years was worth the wait. What a great album. It even hits me a little harder than 10,000 Days, which I really, 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 really liked. And number one, longtime fan, Opeth, their 13th album, Incauta Venom. First of all, kudos for him recording the entire album in Swedish and then deciding to give us an English version as well. This The album comes with two CDs. The download comes with two versions. You can get it in Swedish and you can get it in English. And I'm telling you, the Swedish is worth giving it a listen. It really works in Swedish. You don't know what he's saying, but go back and listen to the English if you really want to know. And you can follow the lyrics on with the booklet. Um, there are people who still complain that Opeth gave up the growly metal stuff. Um I really didn't have a problem with it. I love Blackwater Park from time to time. I don't gravitate towards growly stuff. I'm a musician. I, I played trumpet growing up, and and I know there's a time and a place for harsh stuff, but bands that the album is 100% growls just usually is a turnoff for the most part. When you mix it, I'm okay. I, I you know, uh, Scar Symmetry is a band that does a great version of mixing the, the, the harsh with the melodic. But... Since Opeth has gone full-on prog, this is arguably their best work. It is deep. It is something to get involved in. There's a lot to chew on. Production values are great. I can't say enough things about it. That's why it's at number one on my list. It's tied for the top spot with Devin Townsend, Leprous, Soan, and Tool. It was a great, fantastic year for music. It was really hard to make this list. I highly recommend giving all of these albums a listen. I will put the list below in the comments. Um, Check them out. Really, it was a fantastic year for art in general. 
more movies than I could fit in the list, more albums than I could fit in the list. It just was really a great year. These are my favorites. I hope you enjoy some of them. I hope you find some things you love, and maybe it gets you into a band you've never heard before. And one of my favorite things to do in music is to find a band I've never heard and then start listening to their back catalog. It happened to me, I was late getting into The Cure. It was right around Head on the Door and Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, but I went back and listened to their early stuff. And some of these other bands that I've mentioned I recently got into them and then started listening to their older stuff. Bands like Opeth I didn't get into until they started getting a little more melodic and went back and listened to their early stuff. I love investigating a band that's been around for a while that I just discovered. Maybe that'll happen to you. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. You can subscribe to these podcasts here or wherever you're listening to them. Please subscribe. I've got more goodies coming up, including my favorite albums of the past decade. Never done a list like this. It's going to be pretty epic. It'll be a long podcast. Yeah, probably longer than this one. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Listen.